Hello, everyone, and it's great to be here with all of you. I hope that you had a very, very Merry Christmas and are looking forward to an incredible New Year, 2019. Uh, for those of us that are a little older, it seems like just a, just a second ago we were talking about entering a new millennium and uh, coming into 2000, and here we are already uh, 19 years into it now. It's crazy how time flies, but uh, God is good. And uh, we're grateful to be able to see a new year in together. I, I wanted to begin by just saying how grateful I am to be here with all of you. And I'm especially grateful to, um, to just be a part of this worship service. I mean, I, I am really um, full of joy and full of the Spirit of God. Uh, from hearing the singing today, from Jeff's incredible testimony at the communion, and uh, just from seeing so many awesome brothers and sisters as well. And I, I know that you have great leadership here. I appreciate the Warren so much. And James and Zalik are, are just amazing. Uh, yeah, you can clap for that. They are. And um, also grateful that Leslie's here working with the campus. Uh, that's fantastic. And it's also great to hear such good news from the campus ministry uh, today. So I, I'm really grateful to be here. I, I feel like that uh, this is a tremendous ministry. I, I, I filmed all of the, the songs. Um, uh, Henry's one of my favorite song leaders, and so I always love it when Henry leads singing. Uh, he is my son's favorite song leader of, of, of all the song leaders in all of our churches. So, uh, Henry, you got that going for you. And um, it was great just to be able to, to worship with you. The Harlem Choir, I love the Harlem Choir. I appreciate how moving uh, and also how heartsy uh, the singing is here. I, I know that sometimes... Um, you look around at different churches, and it's like worshiptainment going on, you know, entertainment as worship. And uh, I, I don't know, for me, that just doesn't move me. It doesn't uh, move the spirit uh, within my heart. Um, but when I come and I hear Heartsea song and people that are really putting their heart into the song, singing the lyrics like they mean it, um, that, that moves me. And I'm moved today. My, the spirit of God uh, within me is moved today. Uh, from being here. And so I'm grateful to you, <clears throat> grateful for the ministry here, and grateful that I can just be a part of this today. I hope to say some things today that will help you uh, in the coming year. Uh, I wanted today to be uh, a day in which we talk about how can we be our best for God in 2019. And I also want to talk about spiritual growth and spirituality and being spiritual people in the new year and how we can become more spiritual people in 2019. So you see my, my first slide here is the art of becoming, uh, intentional spiritual growth. I hope that 2019 will be a great year for you in your spiritual life. And I hope that it will be a year of intentional spiritual growth for all of us that are here. <clears throat> Here's the thing. If you're going to grow spiritually, you have to be intentional about it. Spiritual growth, like any other growth in your life, isn't just accidental. You have to be intentional about it. And so I hope in the coming year you will be intentional about your spiritual growth and you will see God doing great changes through you because of Him and because of His Spirit and His Word working in your life. I wanted to just share a couple of slides here of my grandchildren. Yes, I'm a granddad. And that's Bradley. Bradley's a two and a half now. 
and uh, he, he loves playing musical instruments, and uh, you can see there uh, the look on his face. He is really into it. He was trying to break the strings on that bass guitar, which is not easy to do, uh, but he's just a, a joyful kid and brings us a lot of joy in our lives. And the next slide is Tyler. Tyler is uh, just over a year now. And uh, he, he loves to play with everything sports. That's what he does. And so if there's any kind of ball around, he'll ask for it, and he'll start playing with it. And that's what he likes to do. But I, I wanted to show you those slides, not just because they're my grandkids, and I want you to know how our family is growing, um, but I also wanted just to say uh, as a way of example that if Bradley is ever going to become a great bass player, he's going to have to really train at it. And he's going to have to work at it. And he's going to have to learn some scales. He's going to have to learn the, the route to the chords in order to do that. It will not just happen by accident. Just picking up the bass every so often and fiddling around with it will not make him a bass player. But if he works at it, he could be a great bass player. And the same is true with Tyler. I don't know what sport Tyler will play. I'm sure he'll play some sport. Maybe it'll be football, maybe it'll be soccer, maybe it'll be basketball, baseball, tennis, I don't know. But the thing is, is that he will never get very good at that sport or go very far in that sport unless he works at it. And that's true of everything in life. In life, in order for us to get better at something, we have to be intentional about it. We have to set our minds to grow in that area. The next few slides I have here are about the Tour de France. The Tour de France is probably the most grueling race in the world, the most grueling sporting event in the world. It's 21 days long. And in those 21 days, they travel some 2,200 miles across France and countries around France on a bicycle. They average over uh, 100 miles a day on these bicycles. And it is incredibly grueling. And they call that 100-mile-a-day ride a century. Now, I've ridden a couple of centuries in my life. I used to love to ride a bicycle, and so I considered myself a cyclist. But for me, to, to make it 100 miles on a bike, you, you see, you just don't get up one morning and decide, I'm going to ride 100 miles today when you haven't trained any. Because your muscles won't hold out, and your lungs won't hold out, and you'll find yourself not knowing how to do it, and you'll get dehydrated halfway through, you have to be intentional about it. And so that's what they do. They work. They work hard. We could go on to the next slide. This is the Alpe d'Huez, one of the uh, mountains they climb. And you see all the different uh, switchbacks on that mountain going up and up and up. And on the next slide, you see the crowds that they have to go through to get up that mountain. Now, these are professional cyclists. You just don't go up the Alpe d'Huez without any training. But once you get to the top, it's the pinnacle of, of cycling to do that ride. But you have to work for it. And I think in our spiritual lives, it's the same way. We can move on to the next slide now. And, and I wish I had the clicker here, but I don't. So I'll just, uh, we'll work through the slides uh, like this. Uh, in order to grow spiritually... You have to set your mind to growing spiritually. And this is called spiritual formation. Spiritual formation is the decision that you're going to have Jesus formed in you by practicing certain disciplines that will help you become a more spiritual person. And that's what I want to talk about today, 
to just set our minds for 2019 some basic things that we can do that will help all of us grow spiritually in the coming year. A couple of more slides here about spiritual formation. You see, spiritual growth is intentional. The law of intentionality says that growth doesn't just happen. Spiritual growth, it has to be intentional. And the next slide shows a person uh, just falling off a cliff, two climbers that have made their way up, another one falling off. You know, the person that doesn't train, that's what's going to happen. They're going to fall off, and it's not, they're not going to be cli- able to climb to the summit that they want to reach. And so we have to set our minds for what we want in the coming year. Now look at 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 11. And this is the scripture I want us to focus on the most this morning. Okay, you guys with me? Okay. Some of what I'm going to be doing today is more teaching than preaching. I am a teacher and an evangelist, but I tend to do more teaching these days. And so I'll be doing some teaching, hoping to lay some groundwork of what you could talk about more in the coming year. Spiritual formation, intentional spiritual growth. Second Peter chapter 1. Verses 3 through 11, it's one of my favorite passages of Scripture here. It says, His divine power has given us everything we need for godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these, He has given us His very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort. You see the intentionality there. Make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness mutual affection and to mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. Sure, for if you do these things, you will never stumble, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now what Peter does here, he sets some... uh, characteristics of qualities of spirituality that all of us can set as a goal to have in our lives. And he says, this is possible. You can do this. And I think for 2019, what our goal is, is that we want to be spiritually healthy. We want every disciple that's here to be a true disciple of Jesus. Everyone to have a totally committed heart. Everyone to see spiritual growth in your life, day by day, week by week, month by month. And Peter says it is possible. He says if you will if you'll focus in, then you can have a godly life. You can have knowledge of Jesus. He says God has great and precious promises prepared for you. He said, and this is amazing to me. He said, you can participate in the divine nature. You can have part of God, the Holy Spirit of God work in you. That's amazing to me. He said you can escape the corruption of the world. You don't have to keep being dogged by sin. 
and giving in to sin over and over and over again. No, you can escape that corruption of the world around you. He said you can be effective and productive. You can be clear-sighted, cleansed from sins. He says you will never stumble. You'll receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That describes spirituality. It describes a spiritual person. And in 2019, that's what we want. We want every member of the Harlem region to be a spiritual man or woman. Everyone to grow spiritually. Everyone to be a committed disciple of Jesus. But Peter also says to do that, you need to make every effort. You have to be intentional. That will not happen by accident. It will not happen by just stumbling into it. You have to decide, this is what I want for my life. This is what I want to do to please God in the coming year. I want to grow spiritually. I want to be a spiritual person. I want to become more and more and more like Jesus. That is going to take intentionality on our part. He also talks here about if you're going to do this, then you're going to have to add some things to your life. He talks about adding faith and goodness and knowledge and self-control and perseverance and godliness and mutual affection, which is our relationships with each other, and love. And so to get to the point where you're a more spiritual person, there's some things you need to focus on that will help you to get there. And another way of putting that is there are certain spiritual disciplines that if we practice them, spiritual formation will happen. So the goal is to become more like Jesus. To help us become more like Jesus, we practice particular spiritual disciplines that will help us to reach that goal. And so I want just today to go through some of these spiritual disciplines that will help you to see, okay, these are some areas that you can work on, focus on, that will help you to become more like Christ in the coming year. Practicing these spiritual disciplines. Let's go on to the next slide. It says we need some very concrete spiritual disciplines to help us fully appropriate and internalize our joys and sorrows and find in them our unique way to spiritual freedom. This is written by Henry Nouwen who uh, teaches on and talks about spirituality. There are certain concrete things that we can do to be formed into the image of Christ. These are particular spiritual disciplines. Let's go to the next slide. This is Dallas Willard, a couple of quotes there. And um, before I get to, to Dallas Willard, let me just mention uh, a verse in Galatians chapter 4, verse 19. It says here, this is Paul again writing. And I love this verse. It's an incredible verse. It's a verse about being formed, having Jesus formed in us. It says, My dear children, for whom I am again in the pains of childbirth, until Christ is formed in you. This is Paul writing to the church in Galatia saying, you know, my goal for you is I want to see Christ formed in you. I want you to become more like Jesus. And then he's pretty audacious about it. He says, I'm in the pains of childbirth until this happens. I'm working with you and I'm, I'm, I'm actually going through labor to see this happen in your life. Now, that's bold and that's audacious because it's a bold, audacious move for a man to say, I am in the pains of childbirth. Because men absolutely know nothing about the pains of childbirth. 
And yet Paul uses that image because he wants people to wake up a bit. Say, wow, Paul, you're, you're willing to do that for us? You're willing to work with us like that? Yes, because I want to see Jesus formed in you. Now here's the thing, <clears throat> the question I have for all of us. Paul wanted to work with the people in Galatia to the point of mentioning childbirth, uh, the pains of childbirth, to see Jesus in them. How much are you willing to work? What are you willing to go through and go to to see Jesus formed in you? Sometimes other people fight for us and our spirituality more than we fight for it ourselves. And in this case, Paul was willing to fight and to work for their spirituality, but what were they willing to do? And I think we have to get to the point as individuals where we're willing to work and we're willing to fight and we're willing to pray and we're willing to get with whomever in order to grow spiritually. And then we'll see Jesus being formed in us. We'll practice the spiritual disciplines and see this happening. But it won't happen by accident. That's not how it works. Uh, when I turned 50, I trained for a marathon. And I was going to decide, I was just decided this is the year I want to do it, uh, and so let me just go for it. And I trained hard, 26.2 miles. Uh, is a, that's how far a marathon is. So I got out and I worked at it because I knew to, to run a marathon, it wasn't going to happen by accident. It wasn't going to happen by me just sitting down saying, I would love to run a marathon. Wouldn't that be nice? No, I, I started reading books about it. I, I bought some new shoes and got out there on the road. And that's the main thing you have to do is you just have to get out there and put one foot in front of the other. But you have to be willing to do it for months at a time to really train if you're not... You're not a great runner, which I'm not. I was, my, this body's not built for, for sprints and for running. Uh, I'm not sure what it's built for, but not that, okay? Um, but I've never been a runner. But I just decided, okay, I want to do this. And so this is a life goal. Let me just accomplish it. I got out there in the rain I would run. On pretty days I would run. And on cold days I would run. There were times in which I'd get home late and I would try to run at night and I realized that's not smart because I could twist my ankle and the car lights were blinding me and so I had to get on the treadmill, but I got on the treadmill, which I didn't like, but I did it because I had to get some miles in and I just kept running and running and running. Pretty soon I started looking like Forrest Gump, if you know who Forrest Gump is. Run, Forrest, run. I was just running, running, running all the time. I would run to appointments. I would run to meet people. I was just running, running because I wanted to hit this goal and reach this goal. And, you know, when I was out there running that marathon, I got out there. I did it with a friend, and he took off, and I was left behind. And, I, you know, when I was out there, I don't think anybody would... would Nobody confused me for an elite runner. Okay, they didn't. There was a guy who just finished a marathon this past year in two hours, one minute, and 29 seconds. He almost broke the two-hour barrier. It will be broken at some point. Yeah, you could clap for that. It's pretty amazing. Uh, I think his average mile per hour was 16 miles an hour. Just try to run 16 miles an hour. See how far you can go. You'll probably make it maybe a quarter of a mile. He ran 26.2 miles. It's 16 miles an hour. No one confused me for that guy. Okay? 
He was an elite Kenyan runner, and, and I was at the back of the pack. In fact, there was one time the emergency vehicle just followed me a little bit. I'm, not, I'm totally serious here. I was running, doing my best, and there, there's the emergency vehicle. And I looked back at him, and I said, you know, I'm okay. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. And they said, yeah, it's, it's all good. We're just, you know, we're just here. And I said, but you're not encouraging me, okay? Surely there's some other person you can follow beside me. And so then they went and they left me alone. And there was another part in, in, when I was just all, all by myself. Uh, I didn't, couldn't see anyone around me. And then I saw, I saw um, some geese walking. And um, it was me and the geese. Yeah. And the geese were walking faster than I was running. And I was like, oh, this isn't good. This isn't good. But you know what? I made it. Yeah, I did it. I I got the medallion around my neck, and now I have the medallion framed in my house. And uh, it was a great accomplishment. But it would never have happened without getting out there on all those rainy days All those cold days, those nights where I had to get on the treadmill, it would not have happened. And this is what what Peter says. If you want these things to happen in your life, then there's other things you're going to have to focus on and work on for that to happen. I know all of us, everyone here, you would love for 2019 to be the best year you've ever had spiritually. I know that. You wouldn't be here if not. I know that you would love to see growth in your life spiritually in the coming year. For that to happen, you're going to have to make some decisions to focus on a few things that will really help you to grow so that Christ is formed in you, which is the goal for all of us, for Christ to be formed in us. Dallas Willard says this. He's another writer who writes about spirituality. He says, well, there are first of all, talking about the spiritual disciplines, well, first of all, they are disciplines. A discipline is any activity within our power that we engage in to enable us to do what cannot be done by direct effort. So it's a habit, basically. We practice certain habits, certain disciplines that help us to become more spiritual. And he says, but the spiritual disciplines are also spiritual disciplines. That is, they are disciplines designed to help us be active and effective in the spiritual realm of our own heart. Now, spiritually alive by grace in relation to God and His kingdom. So, yes, they're disciplines, but they're spiritual disciplines. Let's go to the next slide. This next slide is now and again, quoting from now and. The disciplines focus our eyes on the road and we are traveling to help us to move forward step by step to our goal. We will encounter great obstacles and splendid views, long dry deserts, and also freshwater lakes surrounded by rich, shadow-rich trees. We'll have to fight against those who try to attack and rob us. We will also make wonderful friends, and we will wonder if we will ever make it, but one day we will see coming to, to us the one who has been waiting for us from all eternity to welcome us home. And that's the goal, to become more like Jesus and for Jesus to welcome us home. But in order to do that, there's the journey. And along the way, on this journey... There are certain things we need to practice, certain habits we need to form to help us become more spiritual people. So let me just list them right now for you. You can take these down. You can think about them. And we go to the next slide. You can look at ways in which you can change uh, and practice these habits to help you become a more spiritual person. Next slide. Okay, this is my list. 
And I list 12 of them. So you could actually work on one a month if you want. But I suggest that you find the ones that help you the most and just simply keep practicing those things over and over and over again. Uh, The first four that I have there are what I like to call the inner journey because it's a journey of the heart and it's a journey uh, working on our motivation and working on the why behind what we're doing. And that's a very important question. You always have to ask, why am I doing this? And this inner journey will help us to recognize why are we practicing these things? Why are we doing these things to become more like Christ, to be more spiritual people? And so you have in this inner journey, you have prayer, which I'm sure most of us do. But how are we really doing in our prayer lives? 2019 can be a great year for your prayer life. Fasting, which we don't often do, don't do as much. But it is a great way to focus in on God. Fasting is doing without food so that you can feast on God. That's basically what fasting is. It's feasting on God by saying, I'm going to leave this out of my life for a little while. And on January 2nd, we've been asked to fast. That means that we'll, we'll spend that day feasting on God. That'll be a day to feast on God, to leave certain things out. Now, let me just say this as a, as a public service and a warning for all of us, and it's very important. It might be the most important thing I say today, okay, because it has to do with your health. And that is, if you are uh, under any type of medical treatment, if you have any type of um, mental health um, situation going on in your life, if you have any blood sugar um, inconsistencies in your life, if you're taking medication that requires you to eat food, or if you're uncertain about any of those things, then don't fast. Okay? Instead, talk to your medical health care provider, uh, professional, and ask that person, is it okay for me to fast? And if you're not able to fast, that's fine. Find something else to do without during that time. Maybe it's social media. We could all do without social media for a little while. Okay, maybe it's not watching television for that day. That's also something that we could do without. You know, whatever it is for you. But don't put your health in jeopardy um, because that's just not a smart thing to do. But fasting, if you can fast, and if you're physically able to fast, it's a way to feast on God and a way to get closer to God. There's meditation. We don't talk about meditation all that much. Meditation is something that is talked about in the Bible, especially in the Old Testament, especially in the Psalms. I meditate on your law day and night as one of the things that David says. Meditation is focusing in on something, clearing your mind so that God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit and the Word of God can fill your mind. Meditation has been proven to actually help people um, both physically and spiritually. Studies have been done. And then the last thing I mention here is Bible study. To me, of all the things that I practice that help me to grow spiritually, Bible study is the top of the list. It's just the thing that, for, for me, is the easiest to do, and for me, I get the most out of. But it might be something else for you. For you, it might be prayer, and that's fine. Find what it is for you and practice that. Okay, let's go to the next slide. The next slide talks about the upward journey, where we go to God and we let God help us. You know, this is not a self-help way of, of growing spiritually. It's a God-help way. Uh, you can read self-help books, and I like self-help books. I'll talk about them more in a moment. But 
mainly when you're growing spiritually, you need God's help to grow spiritually. So God help comes in a certain, uh, in, in different ways. But what I think of when I think of God help is I think about worship, like today, worshiping filled my soul and brought me to God. And I appreciate the church here uh, leading us in the worship service. But worship service also is a 24-7 thing. It's not just when we come together to worship, but it's an attitude that we keep all the time being reverent toward God. There's surrender, the, atti- the, the attitude that I am going to put others in front of me, I'm going to put Jesus in front of me. And I'm not going to be selfish, I'm going to learn to be selfless. That's hard, that's difficult, but it is the way to grow spiritually. And then also, repentance. Just deciding, I, if there's something in my life that I need to change, a sin I need to repent of, I will repent. And this is the upward journey to God. And we go to the next slide, and we'll see the last group here is an outward journey. What I mean by that is we are out helping each other, and it's the one another relationships and practicing the one another relationships. And I know I'm going through this super fast. Hopefully you're looking at these, maybe taking a picture of the slides, or you can go back and and maybe review this. But I want you to see just a general overview of some things that can help you to grow spiritually. The outward journey is the one another way. Uh, Just fellowship, mentoring, having people in your life, having good, close relationships. Uh, It's also evangelism and missions. Uh, We don't grow spiritually unless we're helping other people. And so we need to think of ways to help others. It's also simplicity, just simplifying life. Uh, Deciding to do without some things so that other people can have a few things. And do it without some things to help us to be more selfless people. And then there's service. The servant heart, sacrificing, helping other people. Service, sometimes service comes in our churches by working with Hope Worldwide. And I think that's great and that's awesome. But it also needs to be more than that. We need to have an attitude that we want to serve wherever we can. I think also uh, one of the things that I put under service is attitudes toward justice and making sure that there's justice in the world and justice around us, that we are people that fight for justice because God is a God of justice, that when we see unjust things going on in the world, we stand up and we speak out, that we are people that want to bring justice into the world because we're acting like Jesus. That means we fight racism. We fight hatred. We fight against um, sexism. We fight against ageism. When we see there's a lack of diversity, we say, hey, where's the diversity there? We look and we see things and we say things because we're people that have hearts that want to help other people. And so I think this matter of justice is an important matter for us, us in the church, an important matter for us as disciples. Jesus went throughout the world doing good, and when he saw injustice going on around him, he spoke up. He did something. He said something. Yes, even against the political leaders that were around him at the time, which also happened to be religious leaders. He said things to them when he saw them acting uh, in an unjust manner. And so underneath service, that fits, and that needs to be something that we put into our lives. There's so much hatred in the world around us. There's so much division in the world around us. And we have to be people that when, when hatred is there, we meet hatred with love. And we meet... Um, we meet um, bullying with with a sense of I'm going to stand up and do what's right here. Um, And so I hope that you'll you'll think about that and even look for ways to uh, do that and to practice that. 
And the last thing is just sanctifying the ordinary, which is 24-7 discipleship. It means keeping Jesus in our heart all the time. So that as we practice keeping Jesus in our heart all the time, then we will become more like Jesus. Those are spiritual disciplines. There's 12 of them. You can come up with a bigger list if you want to, and you could probably come up with a smaller list. That's just the list that I've come up with over the years. And I try to practice these things to become more like Jesus, to grow spiritually. Now, if we look at the next slide, I want to just close out by talking about spiritual personal development. That's what this really amounts to. Sometimes we think about personal development, and personal development is a good thing. Uh, we need to, to work on our lives and become better at life. And I'm, I'm a big uh, proponent of that. I love to read self-help books, if they're good ones. You know, there are some self-help books that aren't worth the paper that uh, they're written on. But there are other ones that are really, really good and really, really helpful. Uh, one that's helped me in my life is Stephen Covey's The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And uh, I just think that book is amazing and helped me so much when I was younger just to try to work on myself so that I could be a better person and I could get more accomplished in my life. And so I appreciate Stephen Covey writing that book. And I appreciate people that actually gave me that book and said, here, this will help. Uh, another one is um, Dale Carnegie's uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People. My, my great aunt gave me that when I was a teenager. And she gave me her copy of it. My great aunt, her name was Dada. Uh, she's, I'm from the South. She's from the South. And so her name was actually uh, Hattie Lee Duggar. We called her Dada. I don't know why or how. But um, that's what we called her. She was the most selfless person I've ever met in my life. And I, honestly, I'd never heard Dada say a negative word about anyone or, or, or any situation. She was so incredibly positive. And so I asked her one day, I said, Dada, and she was a businesswoman back in the 1950s. She was running her own uh, soft ice cream shop. And then she uh, sold that and bought a hotel and, and ran a hotel by herself in the 1950s. And I was like, and, and so I, she was an, uh, an enterprising person and an entrepreneur. And I asked Dada one time, I said, Dada, you are so incredibly positive. And I know, you, I know there are things going on around you that aren't positive, but you are so incredibly positive. How can you be that way? And she told me, she said, well, Steve, first, I'm a disciple of Jesus. And she, she loved Jesus. And so she said, that's the first thing. Secondly, there's a book here I read years ago, and I just want to give it to you because it'll help you. And it did, How to Win Friends and Influence People. I'll never forget in that book I learned about the power of saying a person's name. The, 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 the sound most people want to hear than any other sound is the sound of their own name being said. And that, there's power in that. When you greet people and you say their name, they love that. But those little things are super helpful. So I, I like self-help books, good ones. Okay? And I like personal development. But what I like more is spiritual personal development. Having people in our lives that will help us to grow spiritually. Learning things in our life that will help us to grow spiritually. And that's what this is. This is about growing spiritually. Spiritual, personal development. You break that down and first you have, the next slide is spiritual. Psalm 42, verses 1 and 2. As a deer pants for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, the living God. It has to be spiritual. We have to... We have to do this as a matter of, this is, this is God helping us here. If you go to the next slide, some of you might have seen 
uh, the old Nestle commercials where you, it's a hot summer day and the person would drink some Nestle and they would just fall backwards and fall into uh, cool water. And that's what God should be for us. God should be cool water that we just we, we get to bathe in the cool water of God every single day. That's spiritual and that's spiritual development. If you go on to the next slide, First uh, Corinthians chapter three, verses one through three, brothers and sisters, I could not address you as spiritual but as worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not re- yet ready for it. Indeed, you are not yet ready. You are still worldly. Well, hopefully that doesn't describe us. We need to be spiritual people. This was an indictment against the church in Corinth. Paul said, you should be spiritual. And see, there is a way for us to be spiritual. There is a way for us to grow spiritually. But we have to decide, that's what I want to do. The next slide is personal. It's spiritual, personal development. What do I mean by that? Well, in Philippians chapter 2, 12 and 13, it says, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Work on your own salvation. There's part of growing spiritually that just you have to decide that you're going to do it. That it's personal in that way. That you're going to own it. And if you're not doing well spiritually, that you own that. That you don't say, well, it's his fault, or it's their fault, or it's the church's fault, or it's uh, the life situation fault. No, you own it. I'm not growing spiritually. I need to change that. And that's the personal part of it. We can be victims, but it doesn't help anyone. It doesn't help us. Doesn't help, um, it doesn't help you if you have that mentality. You'll just sink deeper and deeper into bitterness. You know, you think, well, well, it's this person's fault, and I don't like that person, and I hate that person. That is not impacting the other person at all. It's in, but it's, it's killing you. And so you've got to deal with that. It's personal in that way. And the other thing about personal is you have to look at the things that are going to help you grow the most. And it's not the same for everyone. You know, I, I, I pray, definitely, and I meditate, Definitely. But the thing that floats my boat and helps me the most is my Bible study. It just is. And so if someone were to try to turn that over for me, well, this month we only, I only want you to focus on prayer. That's it this month. I would, I would struggle. I would struggle. Because you're, the thing that helps me the most, you're asking me not to do that? What I would say is, and this is what I would say, I would say, let me... Increase my prayer while continuing to study the Bible. While continuing to do the thing that strengthens me the most. Let me do it that way. Because it's personal in that way. And at some point we all have to figure out what helps us the most to become more like Jesus. So spiritual, personal, and then this last thing is development. And this development is, Henry Cloud says, learning to become an adult is not an easy task. Perhaps becoming an adult while you're already living in an adult body is even harder. I think that's true. Sometimes we try to learn to become an adult when we're already adults. And that's especially true spiritually. But you know we can do it with Christ's help. In Luke chapter 2, verse 52, it talks about the growth of Jesus. Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and men. Jesus grew in four ways. And I think I've mentioned this to you before, so let me just hit it again real quickly. The four quadrants of Jesus' spiritual growth. And 
These are areas where all of us should strive to grow. Wisdom, just experiential knowledge. We learn from life. We learn from the bumps of life. We learn from things that we did wrong, that we are going to say, I'm not going to do that again. We learn from the things that we do right, and we'll say, well, I will do that again. That's wisdom. And we also get in the scriptures, and God teaches us uh, in, in the Word of God what is wise and what is knowledge. And when you do things God's way, like following the book of Proverbs, you, you do things God's way, um, then things turn out better for you. But wisdom. He grew in wisdom. He grew in stature. He took care of his body. He took care of his health, uh, which is something that's necessary to do if we're really going to excel in life. We have to take care of ourselves. And so Jesus grew in that way. He grew in favor with God, spirituality, and he grew in favor with man. He also grew in, in his social skills and just socially with people. Jesus grew in that way. Jesus learned how to love people, and people were drawn to Jesus because of his love. So, in conclusion, I say all of that just to say to all of us today, what will your year look like in 2019? What will you become in 2019? To become a more spiritual person means that you have to be intentional about it. And I would ask all of us today to take some time today or tomorrow and just sit down and think about what are my spiritual goals for the new year? And when I'm talking about spiritual goals, I'm talking about actually what are things that I would like to see change in my character? What are things that I would like to see change in my heart? What are things that I would like to see change in my attitude? What are things that I would like to see change in my disposition? Those type of changes. Because the other things that you can, you can target, you know, I want to I meet this many people or I want to give this much or those sort of things, honestly, those things will flow out of the heart if you get your heart right. And I would love to see in 2019 all of us decide that we're going to be spiritual people, that the spiritual health of this region is going to be awesome because all of us individually have decided that we're going to have a great year with God and we're going to get, grow spiritually in the coming year. And if all of us will do that, if all of us, of us will just make it aside, 2019 will be the year of intentional spiritual growth for me, then God is going to bless the Harlem region and great things will happen because... You've given your heart to God. Because you've given your heart to God, He will bless you. Amen.